All right, I'm doing the read. Let's put another bear on the barbie. Shut the fuck up. I'm doing the read. Let's put it. Five, four, God, three, zero. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. <clears throat> hey, cold cans listeners. Commerce is king. Am I right or am I right? You're all online all the time these days buying a bunch of shit off Amazon anyway. Why not buy your shit off Amazon and support the show in one foul swoop? Go to coldcanspodcast.com slash Amazon and then buy all your stuff. We'll redirect you to Amazon and anything you buy, a portion of the proceeds will go directly toward beer money for the Cold Cans Podcast. So that's coldcanspodcast.com slash Amazon. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Welcome to Cold Cans. Today we're drinking a hefty IPA, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. We've heard a lot of complaints about how our uh, beer has been shit so far. Mm-hmm. Nearly everything that we've drank has been rated, what, poor to awful? Poor to awful. Light beers, lagers. Sorry, so, excuse for beer. Nick, on his way to the studio, out, really outdid himself today. Picked up, what did what, you pick up, Nick? Hey, let me tell you about it, Joe. It is an American India Pale Ale, also known as an IPA, mm-hmm. uh, from the fine folks at Ruben's Brew. Ruben's Brew Ruben's is that Brews. a local a, a local brewery here? A in local Seattle. brewery here in Seattle. They have a tasting room in the neighborhood of Ballard. Uh, yep, and it's called Crikey Crikey IPA. IPA. It is six point eight percent alcohol by volume. 53 IBU for those counting at home. Now, can you explain to the layman, and certainly I know what IBU is, so certainly just explain to the layman listener, not me, what that is. Time to enter the expert corner. (laughs) (laughs) In IBU, I I think I do. It's an international bitterness unit. Uh I know nothing beyond that. I think it's just an indicator of how bitter the beer is. So it's not necessarily higher or lower the better. It just gives you an indication of what it is you're about to drink. It's not yes. like a score. No, no, no. It's okay. yeah, it's not a subjective thing. It's it's literally how many Here we go. IBUs an abbreviation for the International Bitterness Unit scale, a gauge of beer's bitterness. What IBUs measure are the parts per million of isohumulone found in a beer. Okay. Isohumulone is the acid found in hops that gives beer its bitter bite. Okay. Which is a very subjective quality, right? I mean, there's people, it seems like these days people are all over IPAs, at least out here in Seattle. It's uh, a, a big deal in the Pacific yeah. Northwest. Yeah. Um, not everybody's into it. You were telling me you're not a huge IPA guy? Hey, IPAs drive families apart, okay? Okay, well, how so? Hadfields and McCoys you've heard of? How about <laughs> IPAs versus non-IPAs. It's, it's it's as polar opposite uh, dichotomy that made <laughs> careers like Skip Bayless and Donald Trump possible. Yeah, it is. I, I My history with IPAs is that they always affect my allergies. They would always make me sneeze or, or make it harder to breathe. You probably are allergic to something. Right. So I'm allergic to hops in some way, or I was at one point. Mm. Similar to cats in my life, when I was a, a young lad, I was allergic to cats, hated them, couldn't stand them. And you shed that allergy. And I shed that allergy as I grew into be a very virile man. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's tone it down. <laughs> from nubile, from nubile boy to just trying man. to drive to work. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, now this is not affecting me. 
That's so I moral of that story. See, so for me, and and this is what makes can't get enough of the stuff. <laughs> it makes beer such a subjective thing, uh, almost differing from wine in that way. But for me, I had never had a reaction to IPAs. I really enjoy a good IPA because it's just full of flavor, and I I always go by the IBU scale when mm. I judge my beers. Mm. Um, but says, when show I drink me a, the IBUs, please. When I drink a heavily uh, wheat infused beer, if I drink even like a like a Blue Moon or something like that, any mm. type of wheat beer, I'll get like I can't handle it. Affects the gut or it affects your like sinuses? Affects the gut. So okay. I don't think I'm having an allergic reaction, but my well, body just, yeah. maybe that is an allergic reaction, but my body just like rejects it. IPAs always goes down smooth. I can, I can drink IPA as smooth as I could drink any beer. Any like it, lager it doesn't too? Like, it's not like a, a chore to, to drink it. Chores don't have to necessarily mean a bad thing. Like there's plenty of wine that I kind of try to mm-hmm. appreciate and there's like a whole thing there. With beer, IPAs go down smooth, and I just, it's just pure enjoyment. I'm not really dissecting it too much. Man, this episode might go down the gut health route. It sounds like we're talking <laughs> about we, that a lot here. Are we going to talk pseudoscience in this uh, <laughs> podcast? Uh, no, we'll do kombucha later on. Everyone okay. come back for our kombucha cold cans. Uh, yeah, but uh, IPAs always did that to my stomach in the past, too. It would just, you wouldn't, I wouldn't feel good for days after yeah. I would drink one. I feel like beer does have that subjectivity to it. Again, like wine, you see these wine connoisseurs that people sort of appreciate it in almost an objective way. This is a 1946 Bordeaux, whatever, blah, 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 and therefore it's universally good. Beer, you have a little bit of that, but like people just react to beer. There's a big variance in people's reactions to differing levels of beer. Like some people mm-hmm. can't handle a stout. It tastes like someone accidentally drank like a like a bowl of spittered juice or whatever yeah, from yeah. chew. But you, yeah, you're chewing it. Um, but yeah, IPAs, uh, wheat beer, stuff like that. I think the the thing that draws people at least around here to IPAs and probably everywhere is that they tend to be not a mass market beer. It tends to be something from like a microbrewery or just at the very least local. And mm-hmm. it always feels good to sort of support your local b- brewery. And the more local it is, feels like it has more flavor, which I think is a big draw of IPAs. That's what everyone always says. And they're like, oh, I love IPAs. Right. And they do have a lot of flavor to them. Like they have the hops, they have the like flowery, you know, aroma to them. Sure. So I can respect that, but I never really enjoyed it before. But I think that's what draws people towards it is the like high amount of flavor you get. Yeah. And the smaller the brewery, the more you can sort of tinker with every batch mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about consistency across the mass production. Um, we talked a lot about mass produced beer the first few episodes, Miller Lite was our pilot episode. And yeah. it was, but like when you're when you're the beer of the people, when you're making a fraction of the volume, you can you have greater control and a tighter knit grip on what it is you're putting into the beer. And you got to have that knit grip. I've always said that t- tighter tighter knit grip. What is a knit grip? <laughs> I said I meant a tighter knit knitted grip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I I I, th- I like what you said about buying local. It kind of it almost just appears to have more flavor. If it just generally feels good across most lo- walks of life to buy something local, you you kind of feel like you're part of the community. You're keeping your community unique. You're rewarding somebody who is experimenting with flavor. Yeah, um, you're, you you have a stake in the place you are. Like yeah. you care so much more about it if you can go down to the brewery or like the tasting room that this Rubens Brews has. Right, the and you see the people who are actually making this beer. Service. Yes, yep. you are in the building where this beer is being brewed, and so you can actually see it like ground level stuff, and you feel connected to that. I think in a way. Yeah, and and you're supporting these people's jobs, jobs that I think pretty much universally people consider 
to be uh, like a, a standard that people would achieve to to get to is like I've kind of started my own little brewery. Yeah. It's the American a noble, dream. Yeah, noble Pull, job. Pulled noble myself occupation. up from the bootstraps and doing a local thing. I have not a huge interest in expanding. Mm-hmm. And, I gripped my knits and I made it happen <laughs> right here, local. And it, it, well, it's, yeah. And it feels good to support that because I think everybody kind of thinks in the back of their mind, I'd like to do something like this someday. And make a dent in something big fish in a small pond rather than try to mm-hmm. go for broke and make a billion dollars and it's this interesting relationship between globalization and not xenophobia not anything that's like toxic but just supporting from within right um, like taking care of your like own t- yeah, like your but own the two place can coexist. more so than you yeah, can right. you can have a welcoming place that right. brings other people in but also take care of where you live exactly don't shit where you eat and with globalization is a welcomed i think it's viewed especially in the light of the recent 2016 election it's viewed as uh, one or the other you you pick a fucking side right we either love them or we hate them right Um, and it doesn't have to be you can you can take pride in your community and also welcome other people into the community to enjoy what you your little niche that you've carved out Right, because you should have pride in your place enough to, you know, like want to show it to others or like want people, bring people into yeah. that fold. I think, yeah, what are you ashamed of? Yeah, too often it, it comes off as like if we let these people in, they're going to change what we're about. And that's like, that's kind of a toxic pride to have. Yes. Of wanting something to not change so you're not allowing like yeah. others to enjoy it. A, almost. is that such a bad thing if they did come in and change what it is you value? Because you would just value, your values would change. And right. B, if it's, for it's the, not for necessarily the best. what they want to do. Right, right, right. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's an insane it, Everyone doesn't want to be a disturbance to the places they're coming into. Like there's a reason they want to come to your place. It's not to, right. they're to take it over and, and uh, make it what's home to them yeah they They like what you're doing exactly and and they want to be sort of this welcomed guest i mean anybody we've both moved before and we're not necessarily immigrants we've just moved domestically but even so when you move somewhere new it's not a normal first reaction to say i own this fucking joint as you walk (laughs) in you hit the first person you see on the street and you're like i'm the kid in town and you flip your collar you go in you go i feel like a guest here in a strange place and i'm going to do what i I can to sort of embrace this culture take that into myself and then also you know let this culture know what i have to offer that's i think that's most people's attitude and but the fear, like you just said, is that they're going to come in and they're going to fuck everything up. And it's, right. it's, that's sad. This paradise I've created for myself. Yeah. I'm going to mess it up. They're going to fuck it up. Yeah. It's everything I've ever known. They're going to, they're going to take it away from me. And it, yeah. And I guess kind of trying to bring this back to beer a little bit. I was say, this went down a, <laughs> a different a road than hole. I thought it was going at first. Well, bringing it back to beer a bit, like I, when you're talking about supporting a, a microbrewery, another thing that feels good is that it truly is sort of a, it's a capitalism, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. it you, you really are impacting the bottom line of this company. Like you said, you're kind of a stockholder. So yeah. if you don't go in and buy beer, you and your community, that place is going to fold. Gone, you can yeah. kind of reject it. And if the, you go in and they treat you like shit and their beer doesn't taste good, it, it will fold and it's gone. You want to support it if it's good. So you're kind of buying what you want to buy, not what 
the world tells you to buy. These people aren't taking ads out in the Super Bowl. Right. So you're not being brainwashed and you say, okay, I'm going to have a Bud Light because then I can't have fun. That's another thing about the local aspect is like accountability. Like you yes. said, like if they don't make a consistently good product and make it a place you want to come back to time and time again, they will fold because they don't have all these other states and all these other countries like that could prop them up if they're not producing like a an right. enjoyable experience time and time again. And in a lot of ways, again, that these these mass market beers and I guess any product, but specifically talking about beer, if they're fucking up taste, if they're fucking up customer service, if they're fucking up customer demand, they can hide it based on the giant stockpile of money and funding they have, but they can right. pour into marketing or brand. other means. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can lipstick the pig a little bit and just say, <laughs> look, this thing is fine and you're gonna we're gonna float on this for another decade because we can we can afford it. Whereas right. these people just don't. And they, they put their little the little wooden board sign in the sidewalk in front of their tasting room says, yeah. Come on in, there's a happy hour and that's it. And that's kind of what they, they have. And they make a nice website as Rubens Brews does, by the way. Everybody they do have a very nice website. Check out Rubensbrews.com if you're in the area. Let's say uh, yeah, while we're talking website, let's kinda read the backstory of it. Sure. Uh, right off their website it says Meet our small brewery. After the birth of their first child, Reuben, Adam and Grace embarked on a mission to brew bloody good beer. Originally from bloody the UK. Bloody good beer. Bloody good beer. That was Australian. I, I messed it up. Okay. I don't know what mine was. Originally from the UK, Adam turned a passionate hobby into a family-run brewery, crafting nationally and internationally recognized beers in a wide variety of styles. Since opening in 2012, Rubens has won awards for its beers around the world, including at the Great American Beer Festival, the World Beer Cup, the U.S. Open, and was named Mid-Sized Brewery of the Year at the 2015 Washington Beer Award. And won awards it has. You just mentioned a few. The specific Crikey IPA that we're drinking... Um, has won the 2015 USBTC Best IPA in the Pacific Northwest. It won 2015 Best of Craft Beer Awards, a silver award there, um, and that seems to be national. The 2014 World Beer Championships, it won gold. Mm. Um, Draft Magazine gave it 94 points, and Beer Advocate gives it 91 points as of July 2015. Our old friends at Beer Advocate are actually suggesting that we're drinking a pretty damn good good beer. Yeah. So it's, they it's, sign off on this one one episode of cold cans. And just to give our listeners an idea of what we're drinking, Crikey IPA focuses on the hot profile on tropical fruit, juicy citrus, and pine. Usually that would turn me off, but this is a smooth. It, it doesn't. It's not heavy on tropical fruit or juicy citrus. No, it makes the IPA stand out. The brew is focused on hop flavor and aroma with the malt backbone supporting role. I think the latter is more what I get the sense. I don't get the tropical fruit, juicy citrus as much. 53 as an IBU seems to be higher than any other beer. Nope, not higher than any other beer they have. They have the Roasted Rye IPA, which is 80 plus. Ooh. They just stop fucking counting at 80. <laughs> and the Imperial IPA is also 80 plus. So All they good. have some potent beers down there at Rubens Brews or up there in Ballard. Uh, free Ballard. Free Ballard. Keep Ballard free. So keep out outsiders. That's what Ballard says. <laughs> <laughs> Tie it back in. Yeah. So it that, is kind of interesting, though, that the the founders of this are from the UK originally, too. That kind of right. sort of ties into what we were talking about before. Sure. Came here, embraced a culture of yeah. beer, and started brewing their own beer. And it even says further down, Adam, who was the co-founder and brewmaster, uh, said he was blown away by the diversity and quality of the brews in the Pacific Northwest. Then he just kind of turned his like passion of home brewing into it. Yeah, that's exactly thing. what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's almost like we planned it. <laughs> we, 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 did didn't, <laughs> we didn't plan that. <laughs> yeah, I think the only other thing I sort of 
was thinking about with regards to locality and responsibility as we were talking about that, and we do not have to dive, nor do we have the time to dive into a uh, political discussion, discourse around in cold cans. But I was thinking about the fact that the accountability thing you mentioned, when we're voting in politics, we tend to more accurately, I think, vote local representatives because we know what's going on in our local communities. So we can vote our congressmen at a better... um, We know what they stand for because they say, I want to build that bridge that's going to cost a bunch of taxpayer money, or the other guy says that they don't. And you know what that means. Mm -hmm. Whereas voting at the federal level, it's like, well, we're going to change uh, discussions with Iran and we're going to put a different nuclear code in nobody knows what any of that the impact is so then that turns into again to draw the parallel of what i was talking about before it turns into that mass market brainwash that's the miller light of voting voting for hillary clinton or donald trump because it's just whatever i get sort of brainwashed into thinking because i can't at all understand yeah, the nuance the of time or the for. means to understand. Right. I, I'm not an expert in foreign policy and national right. affairs. Whereas my locale, again, it comes down to, are you going to fix the potholes or build the bridge? It's going to cost a bunch of money. And I can't understand it. Putting your support that way, um, I think there's a lot of parallel. And it, it, it it's why it feels so good to to, to buy local. And mm-hmm. it's, it's the argument for, instead of a true democracy like we have, for doing something like a republic where you vote your local constituents, and then they vote because they have a higher understanding. They do spend their life looking at foreign policy. They vote for who the president is. Mm-hmm. And it's still who you're voting for who's casting well, we vote do kind for of, you. We have a representative democracy. Sure, with like the Senate, yeah, but yeah. we still elect the president who has checks and balances. Right. We've gone completely off the rails well, here, folks. <laughs> technically, we uh, we vote for our elect- electors to, to uh, vote the president in. Wow, so people don't technically yeah. vote nobody even knows about the electors. That's just well, like, yeah, basically sure. the closest thing to our republic is our our senate. Anyway, Ruben's Brews makes a delicious crikey IPA. It is good. It's good Let's to get to the local. rankings, Joe. Let's rank. Uh, where are we at with our rankings? Let me read them off real quick. Top Please of the board. Do. We're gonna start at the top. Kona Longboard is Reign Supreme. Then Rainier, Ainger, Ainger, Molson. Nope, that's not right. Iinger, Iinger, and then um, Rolling Rock. Yep. Then Molson, then Miller Lite, then Olympia, and then Smirnoff Ice. Okay, so I'm putting this ahead of Smirnoff, Olympia, Miller Lite, and Molson, and Rolling Rock. It's just, yes, I am. I what, agree. You're you're good at that. I agree. So, I, we we started off. I told you before the show. I don't like IPAs, but then I actually started drinking this thing. There's some value, and in it's, it's going swaying down. you. Yeah. <laughs> And I enjoy well, we this all know right ranking. The these gates. rankings are so subjective and in the moment. Um, I can't I even were... remember what any of these other beers taste like. <laughs> yeah, I did this weeks ago. Einger <laughs> Brauweiss, uh, I enjoyed, but I, it just doesn't agree with me particularly well. I think it's... Oh, <laughs> it's hopefully Rubens doesn't take offense if they ever hear this, that we're drinking this out of clearly what is a red plastic solo cup. <laughs> uh, Einger Brauweiss, not my kind of beer. I think there's, again, a technicality to it that's supposed to be appreciated, but I don't have it. Uh, so now we're up to... What? Well, like, this this was a highly rated beer that went through... Oh, sure. 
it's again the, these experts. We, we had talked about it on, in that episode, right? The people idea appreciate of, it at a right, technical right. level, and it seemed like gotcha. we missed the enjoyment of it. I enjoyed drinking this, and yeah. also appreciated it at an IBU level statistical analysis level. Mm-hmm. So I'm putting it above Iinger. What do you think? I agree with that. Now Rainier and Kona Longboard still sit up above it. So it's. I mean, it's better than Rainier. I, I like it better than Rainier. Let's I, play. Let's talk about. The drinkability, though, like okay. you could put down twelve Rainiers in a at a happy hour. I yeah, you could probably only put down like two of these. Okay, so in terms of drinkability or uh, remember efficiency and drunkenness is part I'll, of our ranking. I'll make system. an argument about IPA for efficiency. I know personally, I can put down two of these. Sure, not twelve. And I, if I drink, I I feel I feel it off of the three quarters of a red yeah, solo it's cup. Yeah, six point eight, six point eight percent alcohol. You want to talk efficiency? It's here, and uh, it's better, in my opinion. <laughs> it's a better taste, and it also Rainier. You know, it it. Uh, I think that it, we we rated it this high because of our memories and our association with it and the brand it has in the area. But if you're going to argue about locality in the area, this one's got that beat. You I want to bring in price Kona. at all. How much was this price? Boy? A pint was um, five ninety nine. I'm a local QFC. That's not bad. That's pretty expensive. Pretty expensive. Yeah, that's almost like buying it in a bar. So yeah, if you're bringing price into it, I I put it above Rainier, but I don't put it above Kona. Kona's a smooth. That's drinkable. That's that has this beat. All right, as long as my my sweet baby boy Kona is protected here, I'm okay put putting it above. It above I'm okay with that. Wow, so we have a number two. We couldn't quite usurp your baby no. boy and my baby boy too. I, I love both me of our beautiful longboard. baby boys. Okay, so we're saying that the Crikey IPA out of Rubens Brews in Ballard, Seattle, is our new, new number n- 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 number two, two beer uh, in the top one hundred beers of all time. I <laughs> feel comfortable time. with that. I'm comfortable with that, and I'm even more comfortable in our discussion about buying local and its importance. Um, and that's why I'm going to go to coldcanspodcast.com slash Amazon oh, uh, to, to make some purchases at a local establishment, support local, and uh, get, my, get my beak wet a little bit, too. The Cold Cans Podcast is recorded in the Overcast Room at Cloud Studios in Seattle, Washington. Visit cloudstudioseattle.com 